You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. Well, it's good to be back. It is good that we are going to continue on in this series. I told you from the beginning that I was super excited about this series here at Impact Church because I truly believe that this is a series that can change the hearts of people. Because if we really dig into this story of Jonah, then we can see ourselves in this story. Now, last week we discussed what it what it looked like, you know, what the context was, what God asked Jonah to do, what Jonah's response was by running away from God. And I told you this week we're going to pick up where Jonah was swallowed up by the fish. And then we're going to read a few verses after that. And what I want us to think about this morning is the, the times in life that we make a decision or we do something and immediately we regret that decision. Has anybody ever been there? That you, you make a decision, you do something, you say something, you go somewhere, you find yourself in a situation, and you immediately know that you made the wrong decision. You immediately regret the step you just took to get where you are. Now, I've been there many times. I'm going to just share one story with you from when I was a, a teenager. I went on a youth trip. We went skiing. Now, back then... I was a little afraid of certain things, so I wouldn't ride roller coasters back then. I wouldn't really go really high. I was kind of afraid of heights. You know, I was trying to be cool, but at the same time, deep down, I was a baby when it came to stuff like that. So we're on this ski lift, and I want to get off at the first drop-off because I don't want to go to the top because I don't want to be that high. I don't want to go that fast. I'm seeing people come down like 185 miles per hour down this slope. And I'm thinking, no, this is not for me. I'm getting off at slope number one. And all I have to do is just hang out with some of the younger ones or maybe some, some of the girls that are a little scared to go higher. And then I'm just going to act like I'm going to be there for them so they don't have to be the only ones getting off at this first little slope. Well, the ski lift doesn't slow down. It just keeps going. So we realize after we pass this first slope, okay, well, this might not be a good thing. And it doesn't stop at any until it gets to the very top. So now we're at the very top of this thing, but before we get there, it stops. So we're just sitting there over a bunch of snow, way up in the air, and this ski lift has stopped moving. And I immediately regretted the decision to get on this ski lift. I regretted the decision to even go on the trip at this point. Man, I was internally freaking out, okay? Just going to be honest with you. And I was on with this, this girl who was, she wasn't as afraid as I was, and she was kind of making fun of me, laughing at me, knowing that I am really just going crazy internally, thinking I was about to die on this youth trip, and the world needed me. Right? The world needed Dustin Driggers to stay around. And I was about to die on this youth trip. And I regretted the decision. Now, 
We all have some stories like that where we regret some of the decisions that we make. And I really think if we can be honest and transparent this morning, then we can look at our spiritual life, our relationship with Jesus, and we can find moments that we've made decisions that we immediately regret. I've done that. Where I know that God's calling me to do something specific and I say no to Him and immediately regret the fact that I disobeyed God. Or maybe you know the Spirit's telling you not to do something, but you do it anyway. And immediately you're filled with regret because of your relationship with God and the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Now, I think that the, the decision of disobeying is, is a serious issue. But what I want to hit on this morning is how we respond to that regret. Because I think the response to the disobedience can be life-changing. And it can be life-changing one way or the other. We could continue to disobey and get farther and farther away from God. Or we can allow that regret to produce some things in our heart to where we run closer to Jesus. And I think that that response is something that we have to take inventory of this morning. How are we responding to those times that we disobey God? Those moments that are filled with regret in our life. How are we responding to those moments? And we're going to be in Jonah chapter 2. Actually, the first verse we'll read this morning is from Jonah 1. It's, it's verse 17. And then we're going to read all of chapter 2 together, which is just 10 verses. But starting in Jonah 1, verse 17, it says this, And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall look I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you and to your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. Let's pray. God, I just pray that you speak this morning. God, I pray that you help us to truly understand the importance of responding to our disobedience. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So here, here's a little, little context here. So last week we, we saw that they threw Jonah over. Jonah goes into the raging sea. The sea is calmed. And then Jonah swallowed by a fish we see in verse 17 of chapter 1. Now, when you grow up, you never hear the story of Jonah and the fish. Right? What do you hear? Jonah and the 
the well. So I just want to be very clear to you this morning. Theologically speaking, no one knows if this was a well or not, right? So we're going to say a fish, a large fish. Now, it, I don't know what it was. It could have been something completely made up that God created in the moment that swallowed Jonah. We don't know. But we don't know for certain that it was a well. It doesn't mean that you can't teach your kids about Jonah and the well. I just want you to understand this morning that theologically speaking, we don't know if it was a well or not. And this is the argument in the Drigger's household. So I figured that since I have the floor right now, this was a good time for me to just set that straight. That it's, it's, not, it's not necessarily a well, but it could be, right? It's a big fish. It's not really important in the context of the story. Here's what's important, is that Jonah is in the belly of the fish and he begins to pray. He begins to call out to God. And I want to point something out about his regret. If we look at verse 4 of chapter 2, it says this, Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. Here's what I want us to understand, the very first thing, and this is going to set it up for some points that we have about how to respond, but this was his regret. He was more regretful because he was cast out of God's sight than he was about the actual sin that he committed. And I think that this is very important because I believe that a lot of times we allow the actual sin to be what we're regretful of. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I think that we should, we should feel bad and the Holy Spirit does convict us of doing those things. But even more vital and pivotal than that is that sin separates us from the presence of God. And Jonah, his calamity isn't the sin necessarily, it's that he was driven from the presence of God. And when we're following after Jesus intimately, when we have a, a dynamic, personal, intimate relationship with the Savior of the world, when we're separated from that presence because of sin, it causes us to be regretful of those decisions. Not necessarily because of the decision, although that does play a role, but the fact that those decisions separate us from God. And I think that's very important to understand in this story. That yeah, Jonah was, he was regretful for making the decision, but not just because of the decision, but because he was no longer walking intimately with God. So what's our response when we have these moments? What do we do when we have regret? And here's number one, regret can lead to remembrance. If we look at verse 7 of chapter 2, it says, When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. So here, here's what's going on. Jonah, he is praying this from the belly of the well before, right? He's praying about the time previous to being in the fish. So he's in the belly of the fish, praying, but the prayer is referring to the time in the sea before he was swallowed 
by the fish. So he's saying, hey, my life was fading away. All of this bad stuff was happening. I was wrapped up in seaweed. I was at the bottom of the ocean. Your billows were passing over me. I was fainting away. I was almost gone. I was almost completely dead. I was almost completely separated from you forever. But then as I was fainting, I remembered you. I remembered your goodness. I remembered your greatness. I remembered that you loved me. And I remembered that you are the one that could save me. Because our regret can lead us to remember who God is. But it can also do the opposite. And it can lead us completely away from God. The choice is ours to make in this response. When you're going through some of the most difficult challenges in your life, you're regretful for some of the decisions that you've made. You're you're regretful for some of the situations that you find yourself in. Do you remember the goodness and the greatness and the graciousness of God? Because He still loves you. Even after you make those bad decisions. Even after you find yourself in those situations that you really don't want to be in. Even when you're full of regret because of where you are in life. God is still God. He's still good. He's still great. And He's still full of grace. And He loves you. So, regret can lead to remembrance. I want to compare this to the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15. I don't know if you know the story of the prodigal son, but this this son, they grow up and he wants his inheritance from his father. And so he goes to his father and says, hey, I want my part of the inheritance. This is a parable told by Jesus. The father gives him his portion of the inheritance. The son goes away and lives the good life. He, he parties it up. He has a lot of fun. And then he runs out of money. He runs out of food. He runs out of friends. And then we pick up the story here in Luke chapter 15, verse 17. It says, but when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. So here we have this son who who realizes that he has squandered everything away. He's in this moment of regret and he thinks back and he remembers his father and says, my father treats even his servants well. They have enough food. They're taken care of. So I'm going to go back to my father, let him know that I've sinned against him and just I want to be treated like one of his servants so at least I have enough food to eat and I'm taken care of. What he was doing was remembering the goodness and the greatness 
and the graciousness of his father. The second thing we see is not only can regret lead to repentance or to remembrance, but remembrance can lead to repentance. In verse 9, we see that Jonah showed a repentant heart. It says, but I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. So here was the thing. Jonah had a heart now full of gratitude and thanksgiving. He renewed his vow and his commitment to God. And he wasn't just sorry for what happened. He was literally, legitimately trusting God again in the belly of the fish. This is what repentance looks like. What people really, I think, they get it backwards or they they just don't go the entire way with repentance is they think that it's a one-time thing, that it's a one-time event, but I want you to understand today that repentance is a process, that it continues to happen, that we continuously turn from sin and turn to Jesus. That we continuously recommit to Him. That we continuously have a heart of gratitude. That we continuously begin to trust Him legitimately, sincerely, and completely. And this repentance, this is a churchy word, and I understand that, and it it really people don't quite understand what it means. And what it means is, we saw last week that Jonah was running away from God. And that he was in the middle of sin because he was being disobedient. Because he said no. Because he said, I'm not going to do what God tells me to do. I'm going to run the way that I want to run. He was in sin. And what does that sin do? It separated him from the presence of God. And that's what our life is like. When we begin to disobey and we begin to tell God, no, we're not going here, we're not doing this, we're not giving this up, this is more important than you, it begins to separate us from God's presence. And we have to have a heart that turns back to God. And that's what repentance is. And I don't want you to miss the the significance of this. Because it's not just, man, I'm walking this direction and I'm kind of tired of this life, so I'm going to walk back to here. And then it's, "Eh, that's not really that great either. And we just keep going back and forth. No, repentance is saying, God, I remember who you are. I remember your goodness. I remember your greatness. I remember your graciousness. And I'm grateful for that. I'm going to have a heart filled with thanksgiving. I'm going to recommit myself to you. I'm not just sorry that I was walking away from you. I'm now not only walking towards you, but I'm trusting you to get me to where you want me to be. I'm committing my life to you fully. I love you. And I don't want to be separated from you anymore. This is repentance. 
Repentance is understanding that your sin is separating you from the presence of God. And wanting and desiring to be in His presence more than anything else. And remembering, having thanksgiving, renewing your commitment to Him. Not just sorry for the way that you were living, but excited and trusting Him to lead you into your next steps of faith. Repentance is important. And if we continue to read in Luke 15, the son says this about him, and he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. So here we have this son who was living a life out of the will of his father. And he gets to the place where he says, I'm going back home. Not only am I sorry for what I've done, but I miss my father and I know that he takes care of people and I'm trusting in the fact that he's going to take care of me, even if it's as a servant. And this shows the true heart of repentance. He says, I've sinned against you. I know that I've let you down. I'm not worthy to be called your son, but I'm coming home because I know how great you are and I love you and I know that you love me. I'm not asking to be your son again. I'm asking to at least be one of your servants. And the response of the father is it's just a symbol of the response of God. He sees him far off and he says, hey, Our son's coming back. My kid's coming back to me. And he was wandering away. He was living life apart from me. But he's he's repented and he's turned and he's coming back home. And the father begins to celebrate. Regret can lead to remembrance. Remembrance can lead to to repentance. And here's number three. Repentance can lead to restoration. In verse 22 of Luke 15, continuing on with this story, it says, But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Repentance can lead to restoration in your life. See, we have a Father who who cares about us. A Father who loves us. A Father who, despite our sinfulness, despite our rebellion, says, hey, just come back home. Just come back home. Remember me. Remember that I love you. Turn from the life that you're living. Turn away from that sin. Renew your commitment to me. 
I want to celebrate. I want to celebrate who you are as my child. I mean, I can't think of any better picture than the picture of a father who loves his children. Father who says, you, you've been so disobedient. You ran away from me. But I love you. I love you. And I want you to come back home. And as we close this morning, we see that Jonah ends this way. Chapter 2. Verse 10 says this, And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. So we've seen so far that Jonah's in the belly of the fish, and he's, he's given praise and thanksgiving to God for saving him. Jonah, he's, he's in the belly of a fish, right? And some people say, it's, can this even be true? Like, can this story even really have happened? Like, can you really stay in the belly of a fish for three days? There's some, there's some acid going on in there. It's, it's probably pretty bad. It probably stinks really bad. Can you even breathe? Is this even true? Maybe it's a parable. And I'm pretty confident from Scripture that it's definitely not a parable because he uses Jonah's name in the story and Jonah's mentioned in other places in Scripture. So this is, this is definitely, it seems to be historical. Now, if you got swallowed by a big fish, could you last for three days? Probably not. Probably going to die. Just going to be honest with you. Try not to get swallowed by a fish. But here's the deal. We believe in a Savior who was killed, who was buried, and who resurrected from the dead. Amen? We believe in, in the power and the miracles of God. So Jonah in the fish is probably not even in my top five stories of bizarre in Scripture. There's a lot. We talked about last week that these three teenage boys got thrown into a fiery furnace and it killed the people that threw them in there because it was so hot. The people that were on the outside of this furnace were killed because of the heat. These three boys get thrown in. The king looks in and sees a fourth person in the image of Jesus. They come out of the fire untouched. Not burned up at all. Because we serve a God who's powerful. And we serve a God who can do whatever He wants to do. And we see that not only does He speak to us, we see in verse 10, and the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. God spoke to the fish to swallow Jonah. And then we see that God spoke to the fish to spit Jonah back out. 
and the fish didn't disobey at all. It says the Lord spoke to the fish. The fish spit him out. Because God was still in control of the situation. And Jonah was saved from drowning. He was saved from the, the destruction of the sea by being swallowed up by a fish. And I want you to understand this morning that being rescued and being restored is oftentimes a process. And what we do is we, we get some kind of restoration, but it's not the end result that we were hoping for. I guarantee you Jonah didn't want to be swallowed up by a fish. He would have rather God just picked him up and placed him on dry land, but that wasn't the process. The process was, okay, I'm going to let this fish swallow him up. Then I'm going to have this fish vomit him out. But here's what we have to do is we have to trust God through the process. Because some of you, you're being restored. You're experiencing restoration. But you're not where you want to be. Maybe this morning you're in the belly of the fish. You've been rescued. Jonah says, salvation belongs to you. He knew that not only his eternal salvation belonged to God, but his physical salvation belonged to God. As he was fainting away, he remembers the Lord. And maybe some of you sitting in this room, you're, you're fainting away this morning. You're so close to just forgetting about it all. You're so close to just letting your relationship with God go. You're so close to running further and further away. And I want to challenge you and encourage you this morning to remember the Lord. To remember the greatness and the goodness and the graciousness of God. Some of you this morning, you're at that, that moment of repentance, that moment of, man, I remembered God, but what do I do next? What's my next step? And your next step is to, to come to God with thanksgiving and to renew your commitment to Him. To say, I've been running from you. I've been living life the way that I've wanted to live life, and I haven't been obedient to you. I haven't submitted my life to you. And today is your day to take that next step of faith. And some of you, you've, you've taken that step and now you're just in this process of restoration and it's just taken too long. Because we want what we want when we want it. And we expect God to work when we want Him to work. It doesn't tell us in Scripture where Jonah was, was spit out. 
It just says he was vomited out on dry land. His orders were still to go to Nineveh. And we don't know if he was spit out close to there or not. So maybe the next step of his restoration process was getting cleaned up a little bit from being in the belly of a fish and then walking thousands of miles. Like we just don't know. And then we're going to see that as he gets there, there's still some, some steps in this process of restoration for him. And maybe this morning you just need to trust in the process. You need to know that God is working. And you need to trust in the process. Because He doesn't always save us the way that we want to be saved. He doesn't always rescue us the way that we want to be rescued. That's why we trust in who He is. We sing a song here that says, man, if, if everything was made to worship you, so will I. And Scripture teaches us, and, and it's in this song that the rocks will cry out to God in worship. And if the rocks are going to cry out, man, I'm going to cry out to Him. And that's what this prayer of Jonah was. It was a cry of worship to His Savior. And this morning, some of us, we need to cry out to God in worship. I want every single person in this room to take whatever their next step of faith is. And I'm not, I'm not exaggerating when I say that I really believe that through this series, God's going to change hearts and lives. But it takes you as an individual and me as an individual to be willing to take our next step. And I don't know what your next step is, but I know that you have one. And as you stand with me this morning, what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to pray over you. And I want you to think about what that next step is for you. Maybe it's just to remember who God is. Maybe it's to finally make the decision to commit your life to Him or to renew your commitment to Him. Maybe you haven't been trusting Him in the process and today is the day that you want to say, you know what, I'm going to trust God through this process. I've been saying it, but I haven't really been doing it. And I want to, I want to stop just talking and I want to be a doer. I want to put the faith in action. And this morning is the day for you to do that. Maybe for some of you, you've never given your life to Jesus. 
Maybe you think you have. Maybe you've said a prayer, but you've never truly began to follow after Him. And today is the day of salvation for you. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.